When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Freddie, also known as uh, Nighty Night. And today we have a very, very special guest. Uh, we have Andrew coming, coming out with his new movie called Out of Darkness, which is going to be in theaters February 9th. And he is the light in the dark. He is in the spotlight in his spectacular directorial debut. Thank you for being here. What's up, Andrew? How are you doing today? I'm very well, Freddie. How are you? I'm doing great, man. And I'm even starting off my day really awesome by talking to you and talking about your new movie. And if you could give us like a quick maybe sentence or two about what your movie's about, give us a little intro about it. Sure. So Out of Darkness is a prehistoric horror set 45,000 years ago. And it follows um, a band of six people. We would call them early modern humans or homo sapiens um, who are traveling to new territory to try and find new land to hunt in and try and find a place to live. And they are not alone. There is something else out there, ancient and evil, that does not want them to be there. So, yeah. And and then bad things happen. Of course. Um, And I got to say, just give you my first thoughts. I love and adore this movie. Uh, this movie was so fantastically um, directed. The cinematography is great. The sound design, the story itself, all of the themes. Um, this is a movie that stuck with me after watching. Uh, made me think a lot. Um, even the way that you describe it, even thinking about like the thing that's out there and it's ancient, it's evil, and uh, and then bad things happen. And it's funny because um, um, there's always a history of fear violence and action and this movie really shows that in the spotlight and talk about what really comes out of the darkness itself uh but before we jump right to the movie itself i would just love to hear some of your inspirations i know i was reading some of the notes that you had a little bit of inspiration from alien the thing and a few other horror films so one of the questions we love to ask first with all of our guests on our podcast why horror do you love the genre did you grow up within the horror space I am, um, yeah, I think um, think every every filmmaker will have a few touchstones in each genre that, that they hold dear. And I think I was exposed to a few films pretty early on that really shaped my sensibilities. Um, I saw The Shining too young. And I remember when the, when the woman comes out of the bath, it just, yeah, I still remember. I, I told my mother, switch this switch this off um, and I was hiding behind the sofa um, so that that's really vivid and I saw Alien too young um, but, I, but I'm glad I did because it just again it just it, that Alien was the film that I understood more about the filmmaking process I could see what Ridley Scott was doing to make me feel this way and, and the decisions he made um, um, but, but also it just worked as this really visceral movie right and it's it still stands up today it's um yeah it's for me it's a masterpiece and it's just it's a director just using every tool in his utility belt to 
you know, to tell this, to, to make you feel a, a certain way and, and to ramp up the suspense. So, yeah, so those are two, those are two films, certainly, that, that, that stick in my mind. But then, you know, I was, I came of age when the Blair Witch Project came out and that was a very visceral experience and was obviously a phenomenon for the marketing and, um, and etc. And then, you know, and then even in the last, it was funny, while we were first talking about how do you make a prehistoric horror movie? How do you pitch this as a as a sellable product? This guy called Robert Eggers drops this film called The Witch, and Oliver Castman, the producer, and I were like, oh, "Okay, this 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 guy's cleared the way. He's shown that you can take the words period and horror, and it doesn't have to be schlocky or cheesy." or wink wink you can really do it seriously and with a lot of care and attention to the details and make something that feels unique but is still telling a very prescient story and that's the thing about horror that i really like is that you know even if you look at romero's films right yeah it's zombies you know running amok but there's he's talking about things that are really um universal truths about Western society, okay? And that was the same with this. Like, we we found that this film had to be a horror movie because you, um, you want the audience to feel these visceral things that the characters are feeling. And then when you, you know, when the film then goes the way it does, you realise that you had the same bloodlust that they did. And hopefully you start to question why you had that bloodlust and what fear can do to you if it's left unchecked and if it's encouraged, if your fear is encouraged, how that can lead to violence. Um, and, and, and yeah, so that's, that's why I think horror does well. You can slip some vitamins in the ice cream. Absolutely. And I love you. You picked out a lot of different uh, elements and I love how you talked about also with Ridley Scott using all of the tools in his like tool shed. You do mm -hmm. too. Um, and the first thing I want to talk about with this movie and talking about like fear and stuff like that is being able to create such an environment and atmosphere and having you feel like that little bit of like isolation horror here. Uh, you feel a little bit of like the alien where they kind of get picked off one by one. You also have the things about like distress and also what's going on within the group itself. And I love how you also talk about pulling stuff with um, there is that action that's going on and then there's the underlining themes that we get to discover while the movie goes through its runtime and we kind of learn a little bit more. And then once we get our reveal towards the third act, it just changes the whole perspective. The mm. movie kind of flips a little bit, but still stays the same because you're still building on this, like everything you've experienced is still the same, regardless of what the outcome was. And that's what I love about this movie. So for me and talking about the landscape shots and the beautiful location that you guys picked and being able to do that atmospheric level of that you were able to achieve, how was that process like? How did you want to like shoot it in those locations and create this environment of these tensions and build of these themes to make it come to life? I think um I think you you know most directors will probably agree with us, but you just follow the story. Like I'm not you're not consciously trying to impart your will upon it. You just have to sort of follow the characters and the story. And so, for example, you know, that I always felt the first, the film is in three clear acts. And so the first act, obviously, is that they're out on these sort of really wide expanses of, we call them the plains, you know, just these sort of mm -hmm. flat, undulating lands um, where you can see for miles and you can see there's nothing. Um, 
So that was that was the isolation part of the story. And I felt like we're introducing this group of people. I want the audience to get off their smartphones, step away from their troubles and be a part of this tribe. So I tried not to move the camera too much and only move the camera when they were moving and try and keep everything quite formal and, you know, and, and just make you feel like you were sitting at the fire with them. And then the second act is goes into the forest. It's our version of the spooky basement, right? And you know that 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 area is claustrophobia, and that's where things go off the rails. Um, so that's when the camera starts to move more, and there's much more expression in the camera, and you know the way it moves and the way it twists. Or you know, at times we rip it off the head and go handheld, um, just for that immediacy and that energy that they can give you. And then the third act we called Carnage. Um, and that's when, you know, things, you know, that's like you say, the movie goes in a different detour, but we're still tonally and thematically going down the same path. It's just you now have a new perception on things. Um, and that was, yeah, that was just about really just presenting the carnage. We didn't, you know, I don't think I'd do anything too showy at that point, but it's just about how the the lighting, the performance, the music everything is just building to a crescendo of um of yeah carnage <laughs> so no, i love it yeah so no. so yeah you're not like i say you're not trying to force your will on it um it's actually almost the other way around the film tells starts to tell you what it needs to 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 exist um so it's quite it's quite strange actually um yeah no, i love that um and I gotta say, no, like I said earlier, the cinematography is really great. And the camera movements is phenomenal. And there's some really great editing techniques in here too, which I'm just for me, I'm just a film lover in general. And I just found my love for the genre of horror as being one of the best ways to tell a story because storytelling is everything, right? Mm -hmm. Uh everyone feels the horrors of real life. People have gone through their end of action, scares, evil. Um, and that's a great thing in this movie too, is that a lot of stuff come to light, not to play on words with the movie, but towards the end where a lot of it is not hidden anymore. It's right plainly in your face and it is just that carnage and it's the reality of what's happening. Um, so the, the next piece I want to talk about is also talking about having it being a period piece but still being very relevant today's time. Um, how was the structure of building that kind of story out and kind of really talking about the past, but also talking about the present? I mean, yeah, it's it's a product of its time and the time that we came up with the idea and started developing it. So on this side of the Atlantic, we were in the midst of Brexit and talking about leaving Europe and... Uh, and also, and this was being guided by people that had an agenda who were clearly, you know, um, there was there was a xenophobic rhetoric to everything. Um, and it was about stoking fear. Um, and at one point, there was, a, there was a certain political party, political group that had billboards up showing queues of foreign immigrants, you know, supposedly foreign immigrants queuing to get into the UK. And it turned out that this photograph was faked, had been doctored, or, or, or the context was wrong. And about two or three days later, a politician was shot dead on her doorstep by a man um, who had who had who just bought into this rhetoric um, and and was shouting "Britain first or something like this. And so you know there was a strong, you know, the, certain politicians were appealing to that nationalist fervor that comes with being an island country, 
you know, a country surrounded by water and being, you know, afraid and distrustful of the foreign hordes. So, you know, this right. this discussion was in the air. And I mean, you know, I can't speak on other countries' politics and how people vote. It's not fair. But similarly in the US, you know, um, there was a rise in nationalism that was being stoked by the rise of Trump, you know, and, and his his ascension to power and certain certain sentiments were being stoked there as well because it wins votes, right? So um, there was just a period where anyone who was perceived as being a threat or perceived as being different was the enemy. And and, and so that was where the, what the film came out of, that we just felt that anger. Um, we, we were angry at that, but we also felt the anger that was being stoked and fermented by these people who should have known better and should have known what they were what they were stoking. Um, yeah, so that and that's that's how we went into it, and um, and because the film is really about inhumanity, and the, the uncomfortable truth that humans survive because of their inhumanity, that's why we're at the top of the food chain. It's why we've been the dominant species on this planet for, you know, a good you know for thousands of years. Um, yeah, you just um, that all that stuff just fed its way into the script and. With that inhumanity, you can talk about patriarchy, but you can talk about spiritual dogma. You can talk about um, how we treat young people, you know, and and don't be surprised when those people, when young people who have been abused or have been oppressed rise up and act in ways that we don't think are proper. That's because that's how they've learned from the best. So, yeah, it's um, all that stuff finds its way into the script. Um, And then you've got it. And then the challenge is how do you make it entertaining and, you know, give it enough plot twists and all the rest of it for it to be a movie and not just be, you know, a postgraduate thesis. <laughs> no, definitely. And I have to do a big shout out to your casting crew too. The cast is also phenomenal, amazing actors. Um, and I'm assuming they would probably have to learn the script and not only that, but this language that is created as well, um, which sounds like it was a real language that uh doctor came up mm-hmm. with and it's it's just so fascinating because it seemed so easy fluid gritty grounded but realistic like this was a very like well crafted movie and the ensemble cast really worked well off each other and i guess that's what i want to go against next is that a lot of people don't know what really kind of goes into filmmaking there's a lot of moving pieces um yeah everything can go wrong everything can go right and there's a lot of stuff that has to be done was there a moment behind the scenes that was the most memorable for you? Was it with the cast or like you just got that one shot and you were able to get it? Uh, or just just magical moments that it's just unforgettable during your um, experience? Yeah, I think, you know, there was a lot about this movie that could have went really wrong. Um, you know, it's a debut. Um, it's a period movie. We shot during COVID. It's in a made up language. It's not even just a period movie. It's like, you know, 45,000 years ago period. Um, so there was not, there wasn't a template that you could point to and say, well, it's going to be like that. We were taking elements from lots of different places. And even the day before the shoot, I just thought, I don't know, is this stupid? Is this just a big stupid, you know, have we gone too far? Is it too esoteric? Are people going to get it? And then, you know, you talk about moments that, that make you, moments that sort of affirm that what you're doing isn't crazy I think when you see all the actors in costume and they're committing to their lines and they're they're vibing off each other that's when you 
get that buzz that, okay, you know, you start to gain confidence. And we had that a lot. You know, you just, you would, you know, we'd set up a shot, even just on the the viewfinders on our iPhones, um, you know, the, the Artemis app. We just sit, Ben and I would set something up with a stand then against a certain landscape, and it was just, oh, well, that's just great. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. the, the, good, the good thing about the Scottish Highlands is like you give a monkey a camera and they'll take some pretty good <laughs> photographs. You know, it's not it's not rocket science, but coupled with coupled with the kind of the music I could hear in my head and the, what the sound design was going to be, and also then the, these these wonderful actors who are given everything for us and they're in these immaculate costumes and. You know, just the whole, again, it's that thing of, it's like Alien, it's more than the sum of its parts. And that's what I tried to do with this was just take all the tools and the utility belt and try and make something that was more than some of its parts. Um, so, yeah, so there was, so one standout moment was towards the end of the movie, two of the characters have this um, sort of fight um, on a hillside after the main events happened. And we were running out of light so we had to shoot it handheld because you know we, we didn't have the time to get all the coverage and and ben just managed to follow the two actors as they did this kind of really chaotic argument fight scene and i think it was like take eight or nine and the two actors were just so wired with intensity that it all came pouring out in this scene and i remember turning to the producer and just saying this exceeds anything i thought we were going to get from this scene i didn't expect it to have this um this almost animalistic rage to it and also just the um and also just an emotion that I didn't expect to to come. But just there again, it's just two actors who have shot a movie like this in chronological order. They're physically exhausted, they're mentally shot, they're shouting in each other's faces in this made-up language on a hillside in Scotland. You know, it gets to the point where you're like, are we even acting anymore? Or is this just, you know, again, this is why I say like the movie takes over. You, you can't you can only impart your will on it for so long and then the elements that you've put together sort of start to grow in really unexpected ways and that's when it's fun definitely um if you don't mind asking um how long did it take you to shoot it um six weeks and then wow. we had yeah. we had money left to do three or four days pickups like lots of things i didn't have time to get like point of view shots very important in a horror movie make sure you get point of view shots um so yeah that was all the kind of second unit stuff that we didn't have a second unit for so we went back and and we reconfigured a few scenes as well with those pickups that were just dragging the pace a little bit so yeah anyway six weeks plus four that's (laughs) amazing amazing work um and of course uh i have a couple friends who have seen this movie as well and this was also one of the secret showings for amc for some people which is awesome Uh, i didn't know that until i started like kind of promoting the movie already and so i was like oh i just saw it last week and this is something i love uh about movies right it's great to see with a group of people great to see in the theater experience uh kind of like what i was talking about like the cinematography is on point the editing is great the sound design in this movie is phenomenal congratulations on that and too because this sounds fantastic and it's super scary and super frightening uh great sounds um i of course for this interview i had to see it on kind of like my laptop and i yeah, can't yeah. wait to watch this in the movie theater yeah. uh so for everyone who's listening, please go check this out when it hits theaters because it's going to be a really immersive experience. And with that immersion coming up with my next question is pretty much if there is one thing that you want the audience to walk away from watching this movie, 
what would it be? It could be either a theme or a sense of excitement or just loving it. Um, what's the one message you would want out of your movie to come out when people actually see it? Think, I think hopefully the, it's a good question. I think the main thing I want people to come away from is I would like people to be, I guess what you, what you want this film or any film is you just want a little bit of the film to stick to someone. Right. And you, and, and, what I really would like is that people come away from the film and they're able to disassociate from what they expected the film to be and can try and can try and approach the film as what it is and and and, and how it how it pans out. And hopefully it, it gives them some sense of dare I say it, some hope that we can we can correct our we can we can correct the circuitry within our species that makes us do these things to each other over and over and over again and that maybe you know we can we can adjust something that allows us to 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 get past that cycle of fear and violence and survival you know a lot at all costs so that would be nice but at the very least i hope people come away from it and just feel that they 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 you know they paid good money to see a film that entertained them, that shocked them, that surprised them, that scared them, and hopefully made them just think about us and what and what we can do to each other. That'd be nice. <laughs> no, I, that's how I felt after watching this movie. I just started thinking like just us as humans and how we interact and what fear can really do to someone. And yeah. kind of like kind of what you're saying, like how people react to it and mm. the anger and it's like, shoe first ask later type of thing and even yeah. i was like even talking to my friend he was like oh yeah it's like huh, if even if aliens came here and they were super nice we'd probably kill them i'm like oh, i hope not but who knows right, right? Yeah. It's just the like, thing is though if, if the aliens come here then they're clearly vastly superior to us you know it's like it's it's what happens if we go there that's right. when we that's when you know that, that's when that's just like okay what will we do if we go there what will we do to them and that could play um, out exactly like this movie who knows or vice yeah, versa yeah, if they come here yeah. they're like you know what just they scare me and i'm just here for travel yeah. um yeah it's an interesting concept on like the human mind and how powerful that thing is and yeah. how scary we can be as well when threatened by something that's unknown and that's something that people face every single day. Uh, and I do hope people pick out those things as well in this movie, because I feel like that's the thing that's very powerful with this movie. Um, we live like that day to day. I feel like a lot of people feel like they're just in survivor mode and they have to do whatever the means necessary to get through in life. Like it's a race and it's not. And I hope people who are listening understand that. Uh, mm -hmm. And I kind of want to talk about that last theme is, how do you really use the light versus the dark? And I know with this movie too, lighting is a huge factor of the storytelling in this movie. Uh, it's the thing that really kind of protects the main group for the majority of the movie as well. And that is a very symbolic reason to have that. And I just want to have a quick look at your mindset when you were going through that theme. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. Um, Again, it's just it's based on necessity, right? So 
there, there was apart from the sun, there is no other light. You know, there are no torches, camera phones, whatever. Uh, you know, camera flashlights, whatever. So the the fire is everything. The fire heats your food. The fire keeps you warm. The fire keeps predators away. The fire lights the dark, so you can see predators. If that fire dies, you know you're you're, you're done for. Um, so. It, you know, and, and it dictates how the movie looks as well. Um, and we, you know, we, for the most part, Ben Fordsman, the DOP, lit the movie with fire. Um, it's just a case of bringing the fire up or down to, you know, give you more brightness. Or, and it's just, you know, the angle of the actor to get the right level of contrast. Um, maybe bringing in a little bit of side, a tiny little panel light, just to give a little bit of kick in the other eye that isn't lit by the fire, so we can you know, see the emotion. But yeah, for the most part, you are dictated to by the firelight and the position of the fire and, and how the actors are then positioned around the fire and that dictates your blocking and, and your coverage and everything else. So um, it was crucial. And then, you know, you it's all about what is in the... And, and then it's about the darkness. It's not just about the light, it's about what's in the dark. And, you know, bear in mind, 45,000 years ago, we didn't even know the Earth was round. It could be that you turn that corner and you just fall into oblivion, you know? just Who knows what, what, we, what we thought or what we felt about the world around us. Everything would have been so immediate. If it's not in front of your nose, you can't trust it, right? So that, that gives you a lot of scope, though, within the sound design and within the shadows to create that mystery and to to create the space that you can't see through the the trees creaking or through is that an animal scurrying or or the or, you know or the monster and you can make the monster feel more omnipotent and feel bigger and more dangerous and more fierce because not only you're trying to amplify it for the audience you're amplifying it because the characters are thinking like that mm. because senses are so heightened even you know if you if you just go camping even today um if you go camping in 2024 and you're all sitting around the fire and you hear little breaks and creaks in the trees it's frightening and that's just a, that's a primal thing we carry from that time period that you know the dark is an unknown and in the dark anything can happen um yeah. so yeah again you know with every creative decision you make, you just lean into that threat. Um, and yeah, and then, then you feel you've got something that's honest. Yeah. Our imaginations can be very powerful of not knowing what's in the dark. Sure. And that sound design and I, really feels yeah. like what we could possibly think is out there. And that puts a lot of fear in us. Yeah. And you know, you know, it's, you're running a horror podcast, so you'll know as well as anyone that the less you can show of your monster, the better. The better. 100%. I can't. The, I can show you something horrific, but it won't be half as horrific as whatever you're thinking in your head, because that's a personal. That's personal to you, and so yeah, um, whatever you can do to hold that back, um, and just and suggest things is far better. No, I totally agree. I that's like the Jaws effect, right? The less is more. Yeah, uh, and that comes from the necessity that the one that you know that Bruce the animatronic didn't work. So you know, again, yeah. sometimes these things come out of necessity. I mean, even you know, even in Alien is one of my favorite movies, and it was a big inspiration for Out of Darkness. He holds back um, because, like, the, when it when it jumps out on Tom Skerritt, when you if you see it enough times, the hands are all wobbly because you know. Yeah. The, the actor inside it, his fingers only go so far up the glove and then the tips are sort of waggling around. You know, you're always trying to sh try and stop the audience seeing the guy in the suit. 
So, you know, again, darkness is your friend. You want to keep that thing back. <laughs> hey, and it was expertly done in this movie. Like I said, I can't give this movie enough praise. Uh, I guess my last question is, do we have anything looking forward past this movie too? This is your directorial debut. What can we expect from you next? What kind of story do you want to tell? Or do you have something in the works? Because I see really big things for you, man. Oh, thanks, man. No, I, I'm... Um... You know, I'm. I want to read stuff, and and you know, my, my agent sent me things, and I'm I'm waiting to read something that just bites me the same way that the concept for Out of Darkness did, because I just thought I've never seen anything like that, and I would pay to see it. You know, that's my that's my litmus test. As if, you know, um, is it does it feel fresh, and would I actually want to watch it? And then then I'm interested, and then. But I'm 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 writing a noir, like a contemporary noir. Um, that's been quite interesting because it's a genre I've loved forever but I would love to do you know a, another great horror but I would love to do a western I would love to do a sci-fi I would love to do a heist movie I yeah. just I remember I can't remember who it was said if you're a film lover you want to try all the genres and that's kind of how I feel I mean even I don't know I don't think I could do a romantic comedy uh, <laughs> but yeah but but maybe not that one but certainly anything that involves um Anything that studies human behavior and especially the darker side of human behavior is um, is where I want to be, um, yeah, whatever shape that takes. Absolutely. Movie lovers who love making movies. That's all it's all about. Do what you mm-hmm. love and do it a lot. Exactly. Well, and just do it, do it with some integrity. You know, you're, yeah. you're looking for a reason to make a movie instead of an excuse, right? So try and do it with love and passion. And if you don't feel that passion, give somebody else a shot. That's that's it. <laughs> true but i do want to thank you for your time for being on here thank you for talking about your movie with me um like i said i really loved it i'm sure this is probably gonna be in my easily in my top 10 and it's the beginning of the year so like yeah no easily no honestly i i loved it everyone who's hearing please check it out and if you can see in theaters even better because this is really meant to be seen in theaters on the big screen having that sound design and just being immersed in it uh so huge congratulations to you and your crew and your cast everyone involved um yes this movie comes out february 9th um out of darkness thank you so much any last words um just stay by the light stay in the stay in the light guys stay in the light (laughs) stay in the light well with that said this was freddie also known as nutty night it was a pleasure serving you